Hello everyone, here's Daniel Budai with a new episode of our Ecom show. And uh, today I'm here with Brett and uh, Frank. They are both from uh, Sheets and Giggles. And uh, I'm very happy to have them here today because I usually invite a founder or maybe CEO. But today I invited two marketers from this company. So this company, uh, they focus on bedroom uh, things, let's say, bedroom products. And uh, year to date, year to date, they've had uh, more than 20,000 orders. So a very successful company in the US. And uh, Brad focuses on the acquisition side of the business, while Frank has more experience with the retention side. So just like me, and uh, I think it will be a very interesting conversation. Hey guys, how are you today? Good to have you here. Doing great. Thank you. Super excited. Yep, I'm very excited. <laughs> any any chance to vibe with Brett is a good chance. <laughs> no, same, same with you. So I'm. Uh, so let's start here. Uh, I'm very curious. When did you join the company, both of you? Let's go one by one. Maybe Brett, if you start. Yeah, um, I've been here nearly six months. So I joined at the end of March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you Frank? Uh, <laughs> it depends on if you count my freelance work. I was working for SNG as a freelancer for maybe like eight months before they hired me on full time. Uh, so year and a half, two years, somewhere around there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm very curious. Why did you decide to join full time? Was it so you know the company seems to be such a great opportunity? Yeah. Uh, well, it was, it was a handful of things. Um, I really loved the company culture. We are very chill. Uh, <laughs> we're a bunch of independent people that like, we have policies like unlimited PTO, but we don't require that you like request permission to do it. You just tell people that you're going to be off and it's totally fine and everybody's fine with it. We, we have a lot of trust in our company and that's, that's kind of how policies, uh, have been built around so stuff like that unlimited pto with no no approval processes has been really interesting and the ceo has given us like a lot of grace with with uh like trusting us to do the the highest impact things with as little uh uh uh, what's the word little i can't think of the word uh he just trusts us a lot is the the Mm -hmm. bottom line and then uh, two, I, I'm a, I'm a jokester. I'm a memer. I like to <laughs> make puns and jokes all the time. And it just fit really well with the company and I'm really big on sustainability. So, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned there is no approval process. So how does it look like in practice? Because I think many CEOs just cannot, uh, imagine it. Like how should they imagine that? Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. Uh, it's literally, we have a Slack channel called OOO, just out of office, and everybody just pops in and we're like, hey guys, I'm going to be out next week. Yeah. And that's it. That's, that, that yeah. is it. That's the message. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Actually, we yeah. have the same in my company with like 25 people. And uh, we are, I, I think one of our copywriters just took a three week holiday. And she mm-hmm. will travel to Europe because she's from Asia and uh, we can manage that even in Q4. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Most companies should be that flexible, I think. Yeah. 
treat people um, like people. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's talk about the company. So what's the story of the company? None of you are the founders, but I guess you know something about the history. So when was it uh, founded? And uh, there is only one founder or multiple co-founders? Uh, yeah, so I'll give partial context and then I'll pass it off to Brett. Um, it started in 2017, I believe, is whenever the Kickstarter started, right, Brett? And then... Uh, uh, I think it was incorporated in 2017, and I think the Kickstarter was in 2018. Yeah. That could be wrong. Yeah. So the, the origin story is actually really funny. I think Colin was watching a movie, and there was a joke that was made and he looked over at his girlfriend at the time. It was like sheets and giggles. And then he decided he wanted to make a betting company called sheets and giggles without actually knowing what the products were, <laughs> what he was going to sell. I mean, obviously he was going to sell sheets, but yeah. there's, there's a surprising variety uh, of materials when it comes to betting. Um, but he wanted to target something that was sustainable, affordable and funny. Um, and that's kind of what he built. Uh, yeah. Right. You want to take the path after that? Yeah. So after the Kickstarter um, or the Indiegogo, um, Colin originally had some people weren't sold on, on his, on his vision. So he had hard, that's why he opted for crowdfunding versus uh, fundraising <clears throat> um, from venture capital or private investors. Uh, and he took that and was able to to grow the company quite quickly, uh, which then began to attract quite a bit of interest from um, from the uh, from investors. And he was able to do several rounds of investing, uh, and from there uh, used that as kind of a springboard to keep uh, to keep growing. Uh, and right now, I can't remember exactly. So we just got. Last month, we got notified we are in Inc. 5000's 2022 uh, fastest growing companies. At uh, we are the 309th company, so um, the super fun uh, and really exciting to to be a part of that. Um, and so there's been a bunch of, a bunch of uh, different and chaotic things, but a, a company based on puns and memes is sure to uh, uh, attract the attention of, of many different people. So um, we, we've acquired quite a few people outside. Obviously we still have the core demographic of suburban moms, um, you know, who are eco-conscious, but simultaneously we uh, through different partnerships, we've acquired quite a few non-standard people who have become diehard fans uh, of the product and will buy anything that we put out. So that's super yeah. fun. Yeah, really interesting. And congrats on the Inc. Uh, 5000. Uh, Thank you. I think you are a second guest who got this award. <laughs> and it's not easy to get it. There are a few conditions. You have to grow for several years to get this. So mm -hmm. I think it's amazing. Um, before we jump into marketing, um, one last question about the business itself so i'm curious how do you attract like-minded people who screens them is it uh, only one person or multiple people how yeah how does yeah for for new employees yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's 
It's kind of a group effort. Um, Colin does the final vibe check. <laughs> uh, it's it's a matter of like, what will normally happen is we'll do like a quick one person interview just to see if it's kind of a good fit. And if, if that one person feels like it's worth bringing them into the group, then we'll have like a quick group interview, uh, a small project, uh, nothing too intensive because I'm very much in the F you pay me <laughs> uh, category. Um, uh, I'll keep my cursing to a minimum. I have a sailor's mouth. Uh, uh, and then Colin will do the final like thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, uh, yeah. So we, we kind of all together, like see if it's a good fit. Um, but Colin's kind of like the head of the ship. He gets final, <laughs> final say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can see this many times that the team makes the decision and someone uh, who's the CEO or founder, they have a kind of veto right. If they see that this person is not a fit clearly, then they can say no. Otherwise, it is fine. Um, yeah. And what we, in my team, what we use, and this is just a tip for the listeners, uh, we ask a few questions from ourselves. Like, if I was uh, closed with this person in a box or in a room for one day would i like that situation or not and there are questions like this and if not then okay why not maybe that person is annoying um yeah 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 we have like i really like that that idea of like <laughs> if you're locked in a room with a person for 24 hours and all you have are like a bunch of books around you what would you <laughs> do <laughs> yeah uh, yeah ours is Ours is, we don't have specific questions that we ask usually. It's, we try and keep it really conversational. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes there will be like really specific technical questions based off of the mm -hmm. position. But once we're talking about the person, we want to know like, what are your hobbies? Like, what do you like to do outside of work? What's, yeah. what's the best joke you've heard in a long time? Stuff like that. Because it's like, if we can't even just like basically sync on that level uh personally um uh it's it's really hard to to know whether it's going to be a good fit but we do also internally have a lot of we, we keep in mind a lot of like diversity and inclusion um initiatives so uh even if something <laughs> like an interview is uncomfortable um, we don't immediately cut people from the roster because it's like that person might be a person of color who is being interviewed by three white people. And that <laughs> that's a very different context than, than like a white woman being interviewed by three other white women, you know? So yeah. we, we try and, we try and stay at least present <laughs> and, uh, have those meta conversations, uh, around hiring yeah yeah i think that's important and just <clears throat> we also with every applicant we give them at least 20 30 minutes to talk even if they clearly they don't seem to be a good fit but you never know uh, mm -hmm. maybe they are just very introverted they don't like talking or something like yeah that. yeah yeah um yeah so let's talk about the marketing side of things here so um i will ask questions and maybe it's too confidential just you know you don't have to answer so what uh, are the, yeah, first of all, so I know you are not just on Shopify, like many of our listeners. 
but uh, you use uh, Amazon, Walmart, Target. So um, what platforms do you use? How do you use them? And um, what's the distribution of your revenue uh, along these these uh, channels? Are you, Brett? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, so right now, predominantly, we, we are on Shopify, Amazon, and Walmart, working on onboarding in a few other marketplaces. Um, Walmart's still a brand new channel, so we haven't done quite a bit with that yet. Haven't even been able to set up our marketing because our marketing integration is broken. Um, so, so that's fun. Uh, but we um, sell predominantly that that quite a bit on Shopify and on Amazon. Um, and Shopify, let me, let me pull up a spreadsheet. Amazon makes. Roughly, no, I'm not giving percentage yeah. of, of okay. revenue. <laughs> Just say it. Um, about 25% of revenue, 20, 25% of revenue comes from Amazon. Um, so that that's still a very large channel for us that requires full marketing, full attention. Um, and um, so... So we do that, and then um, obviously on Shopify as well. And like I said, we're working on a few other marketplaces uh, to to get going that way. Yeah, uh, but if I understand well, uh, Shopify is the main the main one, right? Correct. That that makes up about seventy five eighty percent of of revenue. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you expand it to these other channels mm-hmm. uh, if the integration works as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I think that's quite successful because honestly, I talk to many e-commerce brands and like 80% of them, they really, they even fail to go from uh, Shopify to Amazon or the opposite. It's just, you know, it, it's very hard for them. And uh, yeah, most of them, they are just fail to, to do, the, do it. So I think that's quite successful for you. Um, and what channels uh, do you use to acquire new customers? nowadays what are the main channels um so really right now we're sticking with kind of some of the more traditional uh facebook instagram google um some other search engines are being in uh and DuckDuckGo on microsoft's platform both of those are on microsoft's platform um and then we're we're working on we've done a few uh podcasts a few influencers we've, d- we've d- done a few things um along those but right now we're really focusing on kind of the core um one of the things i was brought on to do was to just overhaul everything in our ads uh and so a, a huge chunk of that i is refinement and building the foundation and then we can figure out growth from there but we need to figure out a firm foundation before we can you know yeah. grow too much because then you you reach diminishing returns you have leaks different places and money just starts coming out that you weren't realizing if you're not paying attention. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you do uh, TikTok ads as well or not really? We, we have, but we're not doing it as much right now. One of the big problems with that is simply the creative has like a one week lifespan. We yeah. just, yeah. just the manpower it takes to create new TikTok content regularly is just really, really hard. So uh, we have done it. We've seen some success, uh, but very quickly that that creative runs dry. So 
Um, yeah, those are some of the things we've done as well as we've worked with, um, uh, some influencers and use their spark ads. So the ad is run as the influencer while they're talking about our product and the links go to our site, but you know, it's the page name is their name, that type of thing. So we've also done a few of those, um, and those, yeah. those are pretty solid as well. Yeah. Yeah. I know a few companies here in Europe who are very successful and uh, they bootstrap quite fast. And um, what they, they all told me that uh, you don't want to create your creatives, you want your influencers create them because yeah. they know the platform very well. You have to know the right uh, influencers in your niche and reach out to them, build mm -hmm. a network. And uh, in the long run, at the beginning, it's hard because you have to make the network, you have to you know, reach out, but in the long run, you just save so much uh, work. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Because as you said, the lifespan of content is just crazy short nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, it's like warp speed with TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I think we have a very ADHD culture, uh, but that's a yeah. different conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how, how do you do email marketing nowadays? Or what channels do you use? Maybe do you use SMS, Messenger? I don't know if you have loyalty programs, but how do you try to retain your customers nowadays? Yeah, uh, we have basic foundations of pretty much everything. So we use Klaviyo for all of our email marketing. Uh, uh, whenever I first came on as a freelancer, there was not really a whole lot done in the account at the time. Um, and I took it from like 100,000 to a million in like six months because it was just like there were there was a huge list of people that hadn't really been getting emailed uh, that had been getting acquired just over the lifespan of, of the company. Uh, and we've been seeing a, a huge growth in that channel. Um, we uh, started doing SMS in Q4 last year. It is our highest ROI channel. Um, I think the CVR on it is kind of nuts. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's it's like 12 to 25% depending on a campaign or which flow you're looking at. Uh, we do have a loyalty program. We use smile.io. It's just like super basic. Um, we use it because it integrates with all of our other stuff. I Whenever whenever I'm building out the our platforms and marketing stack, I try and make sure that everything is uh, integrated as much as possible. Um, since we're using Shopify Plus, there's just like a litany of apps that you can go and, and just install and they all just kind of like work together, which is really great. Uh, it makes managing the, the stack really easy. Um, we've got, we've done direct mail a bit in the past, specifically around mm -hmm. retention and it had a good ROI for a while, uh, but it like depending on <laughs> who we were targeting, the, the numbers varied. So we kind of cut that for a while. Uh, and we're really only doing that for like major campaigns. Like uh, we call it Purple Friday. It's, it's essentially Black Friday, uh, but we call it purple because we are a purple Is it brand. in November as well or some other time? Of the yeah, year? yeah, yeah. So it's the week before Black Friday okay. traditionally. Uh, so we do Purple Fly Friday, Black Friday, uh, uh small business saturday whatever it, like all all of the holidays um but 
as usual, we're just like everybody else, we're having to expand how, <laughs> how much time we're giving in that period. So it's it, this year, it's probably going to be the entire month, which not, not ideal, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, every year it becomes longer and longer right? yeah yeah everybody's fighting right. for sales yeah uh that's the, those are pretty much the basics we are we are hopefully planning on implementing a subscription service in the future around some upcoming products that i can't <laughs> talk about <laughs> but, yeah you don't uh, have to i get that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> No yeah, I just don't want to. You already told us. Head of product, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, uh, that's great that you use so many channels, especially physical letter mail. Not many companies, they use it. Uh, I know in the US, it's more popular. In Europe, not at all. Like, nobody mm -hmm. uses it. In yeah. the past, you also tried postcards, and actually, they were quite well during Easter, but mm -hmm. only for VIP uh yeah. VIP customers, not for the whole list. Probably you don't want to send out 1 million mails because... Uh... Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> there, there was actually one platform that I, I had looked at that, that looked really interesting. It had like the segmentation mm -hmm. uh, and audience audience capabilities of like Klaviyo in a way where you could like discover certain mm -hmm. people based off of demographic attributes. I think it was called Posty. Um, it was a little bit out, out of our budget range at the time, but I would love to have like micro targeted mailers because the, like my, my shtick, uh, or my, my take on marketing is make it as personalized and relevant as possible, uh, given wherever that person is in the funnel. Um, and they it like time and time again every every time i've done that in my career the more personalized it is the better the the uh return the better the cbr um people feel more empathized with they feel more connected to the brand and that's really important to us not only in the company culture but just uh uh in the way that we speak to our customers and that, that's actually mm -hmm. leads into something really interesting is that like we try really hard to make our customers feel like they are humans the same way that we are humans and we try and make it really clear and we'll break that fourth wall and be like an email marketer wrote this email like and we'll say it in some funny way uh just because like having that connection is really important um, and i think that that is why we have such rabid uh loyal customers our retention rates are insane uh i think we have like 50% of all people come back and purchase from us again within two years. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. Um, they are <laughs> very, very loyal. Um, uh, and that's like our, our retention dollars year over year have gone up like 60%, which is mm -hmm. nuts. Um, yeah. And it's, it's really helping uh, make us more efficient over time. So, yeah treat people like people and they'll actually <laughs> respond to it, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I also really like that you mentioned SMS because it's still underutilized and I can mm -hmm. also see it as the highest ROI marketing channel. What tool do you use for it? Is, is it Klaviyo like email or do you use something else? Yeah, we were using Attentive for a while, uh, but 
given that I'm one of those people that likes to integrate as much as possible and make workflows as as integrated and easy to manage as possible. Uh, We recently migrated over to Klaviyo. Um, So Klaviyo is handling both our email and SMS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm curious if you, I don't know if you write the copy guys or you have copywriters in the team, but um, is it the same person who write the ad copy and the email copy or different people? But you want to take this? This is, this is kind of yours. <laughs> yeah, we have um, we have a copywriter on the team who handles quite a bit of the um, the ads, uh, and he writes a lot of the emails. But I, I believe some of the, e- the there are a handful of people writing emails. Uh, we do have a freelancer as well that that writes some blogs. So we have quite a bit of content that comes across our uh um that comes through our our kind of pipeline um we have a few core people who who touch that at some point and at least spruce it up yeah yeah and our ceo still likes to hop in and do copy every once in a while because he his his entire thing is like copy is what made the company successful because mm-hmm. he when he was doing it on his own the what ended up selling all of the the initial orders of sheets was just that he was funny like no offense to Colin but his his images weren't great <laughs> he did he did what he could he was using like keynote rather than photoshop and like an iphone yeah. camera rather than a dslr he was doing what he could uh but the, the reason that people loved it was just that it felt like a human was writing funny things to them. And I think yeah. that just goes back to like, that's what we've been scaling up as we've been growing. Mm-hmm. Interesting uh, insight because I just thought about it the other day that uh, what is one thing, what, what I would do in my company that is, it's not really my uh, role or my task, but I would still love to do it and I still find it important and that's copywriting. I started out as a copywriter and I really like it. And uh, I, actually now, just a few weeks ago, I, I started writing our newsletter again because I just enjoy it. So, yeah. 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 And it teaches you to sales, marketing, all the principles are there in copywriting. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah. Somebody recently asked me if if I could only focus on one thing in our marketing, what would it be? And without hesitation, I was like copywriting. Mm-hmm. Like we yeah. could we could get away with so much with just writing words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so there is a question from one of our uh, uh, viewers now. Is there any specific reason why you picked uh, why you use Attentive for SMS and not Clavio? Uh, so we were using Attentive originally. Uh, the original intention behind using attentive was that the, the fee structure that they have was dynamic and that it adjusts based off of how much you send. So you pay like, like 0.25 cents on each SMS or whatever. And each SMS has a certain number of, um, adds up with with how many you send or whatever whereas Clavio is like a tier system where you purchase credits yeah. and if you don't use all the credits they'll roll over to a certain amount but over time we realized that through through using attentive we were sending way more <laughs> than I think we 
we realized we were going to. So the, the that fee structure was adding up. And Clavio, although our they have that static tier structure uh, with credits, it was cheaper for us in the long run to go with Clavio and still have that same level of support because we 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 have a couple of Clavio reps that we've made friends with uh, yeah. uh, through the email geek Slack actually, which is really funny. Uh, and that community, and that they are incredible. The SMS people over at Clavio surprised me. I I knew that they were experts in email, but they really surprised me with how much uh, expertise and knowledge and basic mm-hmm. inspiration that they gave us. Yeah. Yeah. So it was more about the pricing and uh, the support is is good, right? But not really about it's not really about the features, right? No, no, they have pretty much the same features. I think Clavio has better. I, I think they call it metrics, so it's like the the triggers, mm-hmm. the events in yeah. the in the account. Clavio has more flexibility than Attentive. Attentive is more, I think, like using a computer analogy. Uh, Attentive would be like the Apple, so it's like a user who might not know how to code, where Clavio is like Windows where somebody kind of knows how to code, whereas there might be another platform where like Linux <laughs> fits in where you yeah. like have to know how to use the command prompt or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, I know many SMS tools, but I cannot see much difference between them. But I think the difference, the, the differentiator is more about the support and their knowledge. And, uh, and same with loyalty apps, by the way. I know quite many. and. Same with pop-up tools. So uh, yeah. there are many categories where, I, for example, for pop-up tools, there are so many like Optimon, Just You Know, Optimonster. Mm-hmm. I cannot see much difference between the features, but it's more about their support and uh, usability and these things. So yeah. not about the the features. Yeah, yeah. yeah we use Just You Know for our pop-ups. I've actually. Mm-hmm. I've been intensely loyal to Just Uno because I've had such great experiences with them over multiple brands. Mm. I think it's been like four or five years. Every time mm. I go to a new company, I <laughs> I immediately swap them to Just Uno. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You are a hardcore fan. Yeah, hardcore fan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have one more question, a uh, technical question, which is about uh, customer data platforms. So, um, and this is really a trending topic. I have a friend who got into Y Combinator and with their uh, CDP company, very smart guys, and uh, I hope they will grow fast. But if I look around, there are so many CDP companies now. Clavio will start or already started theirs as well. And I'm just curious, what do you use? Uh, Triple Whale, uh, North, I think Northbeam, that's their name, uh, or something else. Um, yeah, Maybe money, just analytics. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We we actually don't have a dedicated CDP yet. Uh, mm-hmm. We're mostly just using the data that is existing in each of the platforms. Uh, okay. The closest thing would probably be Shopify and Clavio combined uh, have most of the information that we need. Um, but it, I have been shopping for CDPs. <laughs> Because yeah. we, we're going to need one sooner or later. The fact that we're growing so fast that the, the data, we need to get it into one place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because a lifetime, a lifetime value data is also available there. I know many times it's just a theory. So, yeah, but 
it's really an em emerging thing, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Um, one last question. So I will ask each of you, what would be your number one tip to e-commerce marketers for uh, end of this year and early next year? Who wants to start? <laughs> sure. Uh, I don't know that I have like a specific number one tip, but um, we're in a very different economic climate, you know, um, and, and just being cognizant of that and, and what has worked has not always worked. I, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of value in going back to the basics, which is a lot of what we've done. Like I said, we've gone back to our basic proven platforms, lots of A-B testing because we're trying to figure out what works, what doesn't. Uh, we've done some pricing testing, trying to figure out what works in terms of do we need to lower our prices or do we need to lean into our semi-luxury side and raise our prices um i i would say that a lot of what you've done at your established company over the last few years is pretty much no longer applicable on a on a large scale um Especially, if, and it really depends. Like, I think that that's probably a very different conversation for service companies versus product companies, uh, or B two B companies versus B two C. But for us, being a predominantly B two C company, um, our our customers are you know um, ranging up to kind of upper middle class, and all of them are feeling the 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 economic downturn. Um, and so we have to we have to roll with those punches. We have to figure out um, new n new marketing strategies or, and explain why our product is a you know a better product. But we have to do it in such a way that is uh, consistent and just being aware of that. So um, you know I, I don't know you know our, our this year looks very different from historical years uh, for Sheets and Giggles, and it's just it takes a lot of. Uh, uh, it has taken a lot of time for us to figure out how to how to make that work and um, still manage to be able to to refine our ad spend and um, you know cut our ad spend in a way that is still uh, consistent with our growth goals um, as as we're hitting that. So it's just a, I mean kind of the back to the basics, just A B testing uh, and, and figuring out what works, what doesn't, because it's just very different. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. that's a great, uh, great piece of advice for yeah. all e-commerce businesses. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> stole the words out of my mouth. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a cliche one, but I, I genuinely stand by this one. Is like, don't be afraid to take risks. Uh, a lot of the things that have made SNG so successful are us going and doing things that sound crazy to everybody else. And then we end up with like 10,000 loyal followers and people buying from us rapidly over and over again. Um, it's, it's, it can be really scary to, <laughs> to do things that might like buck the best practices or trends and, in, in marketing or in e-commerce in general. Uh, but, especially with like small businesses, you really gotta, you really gotta stand out. And without taking those risks, the it's a slow grind to the top. Uh, and it, you're going to fail and it's really hard to fail. And it's really hard to see that you put money behind something that didn't work out, but all it takes is one really good thing to mitigate all of the failures that you had. 
don't even see them as failures. It was just like good tries. <laughs> you, yeah. you tried, it didn't work. It's okay. Like self-soothe, keep going. Your ideas are good. Uh, not everyone is going to land. And it's, it's really important to manage not only like <laughs> your ego about it, but also like knowing that having the confidence to go out and do those things, it's, it's, it's a cliche because everybody is like, oh, we want to fail fast. We want to fail fast. But then company cultures usually don't foster the, the, uh, the space for its employees to actually take those risks. Um, fight for them. If you're in one of those companies, fight for it. <laughs> because without the, those risks, your company is probably going to go very slow. <laughs> So actually, that's even a bigger risk, right? Just uh, it's hard to catch. It's hard to see that we are not moving anywhere because you don't take risks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah thanks, both of you. I think that was it. Was a very interesting conversation. It was amazing to see how your company works and uh, your marketing, uh, both sides of your marketing. And thanks, thanks for answering the question. Thanks for uh, sharing your stories today. And also thanks everyone who listened uh, to us today, the live stream on Facebook and LinkedIn and uh, later the podcast. So yeah, thanks again. And uh, every week we come out with a new episode. So stay tuned, everyone, and uh, have a great day. Thanks thank for having you. us. Yeah, thank you very much.